With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 589 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined as always, by the dynamic duo of Ben Funky Askren and Stephen Kyle Brackey. Steve's back in the motherland, West Virginia. Ben is somewhere in southeast Haunchyville. How are we doing, boys? I thought about going to explore Haunchyville at some place. It seems interesting. Not too far away. If Brackey ever comes up, I'll, I'll be going. Let's do it. I mean, we need to get back to Wisconsin anyways. Yeah, I don't know how we haven't been there in the first place. I wish I, you know, I've been to Wisconsin, I think two, two or three times. I don't understand how no one has told me about Haunchyville until now. During the, no, during I the asked pandemic. ten people, and only two knew. So uh, it's not all that well known. Okay, wow. So we were on the cutting edge, even for for Wisconsin yes. people. So that's cool. Ben, can you can I ask a favor of you? Go. Can you can you get can you get the people can you get the people the freaking Big Ten schedules? You're in Big Ten country. What is going on? I'm I'm not a I'm not a bureaucrat that works for the Big Ten. I could I have no idea what they're. Don't these guys realize that some of these people are going to have to fly? And we are. I mean, Missouri, the one team I do know, their first meet scheduled is January second, which is what ten days away now, eleven days away. And the Big Ten, nobody has their schedule still. Like, what are they even thinking? I don't. I don't understand. I mean, and I don't even think it's a situation where, oh, they have them and they haven't put it out, or they know the no, schedule. No, they don't have them. I they don't have them. They don't have them. The teams don't have them. A parent of a definite Big Ten starter this year is like, hey, are you hearing anything about this? I'm like, you don't know. Your kid's definitely going to wrestle this year. You're, there's no scuttle going around amongst the team. They don't know who they're wrestling and when. Yeah. I right. So, um, man, I talked I, I talk to two coaches last week, just kind of out of the blue. And I said, come on, you really don't have your schedule? And they're like, legit, we really don't have it. We think we're going to wrestle January 8th, but it could be January 9th. It could be January 10th. We, we don't know what day it is. 
So they don't even know what day they're going to wrestle Christian. And we're less than two weeks away. It's like, come on, Big Ten. What are you even doing with your lives? What do you think they could yeah. possibly be waiting on at this point? At this point, I don't know what the I don't know what would be holding it up. I mean, Brad, could it what be do you like know exactly states? about this? Could it be certain states not allowing competitions or something like that? Could be. I mean, no, I know they've Illinois been playing. Is... No, they've been playing football and basketball, and and all those Big Ten states, including the Big Ten schools, have been doing it um, since they brought football back and since college basketball started around Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. It, I mean, to be blunt, um, since the new Big Ten commissioner came in, uh, they have mishandled about everything that you can mishandle. Um, that starting with canceling football when they thought everyone else was going to, and with how they brought it back, and having to change rules to make sure Ohio State got in the Big Ten championship game, and could get a chance to play in the playoff, um, and now changing their quarantine rules. So that Ohio State players uh, who missed the Big Ten championship game can be back in time for the college football playoff. Wait, they um, changed it, it just a, so they could be back? They manipulated the rules well, to do what they want? Yes, here. I'll back up to what Christian was saying. So <clears throat> they had an, when they came back, they said they were going to have an eight-game uh, season and no, okay. no bye weeks, no nothing. So And everyone immediately was like, well, you left your note left yourself no wiggle room here. And they also made a rule that you had to play in at least six games to be eligible for the conference championship game. Okay. So Ohio State was preseason, like top four team, um, supposed to be very good. They end up only getting to play five games. One game was canceled, <laughs> because, of, one game was canceled because of their own COVID issues. Two games were canceled because of other teams' COVID issues. Um, so they are only at five games and they're sitting there as one of the top four teams in the country and are not able to play in their conference championship game. Well, the big 10 then changes the rule and says, yeah, that was a stupid rule. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get rid of that. Yeah. So Ohio state stupid is now rule. eligible for the big 10 championship game again. Uh, and they go on and beat Northwestern and win the big 10 and subsequently get in the college football playoff. Cause if they hadn't, it would have been a serious debate whether they should be able to be in when all the other teams are being compared to. I've played nine, 10, 11 games, and they've played five um, against not great competition. So, and then, yeah, the, the Sunday, this Sunday, as we all know, the Big Ten had a 21-day quarantine rule. Uh, it now dropped to 17, uh, and that was after a few now, Ohio mean, State players What do you mean missed. 21-day? What does that mean, Bracky? a 21-day quarantine rule? Why meant, are they quarantined so for if you tested, if you tested positive for COVID, you were automatically out 21 days in the Big Ten. Oh, but that 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 part yeah. is so ridiculous because the national CDC standard is 14, which has now been lowered to seven. And so, if we're mm -hmm. to say like the trust science or believe the experts, why in the Sam hell are we going to be 21 days when nobody else is? Yeah, it makes no sense. And I think every other conference is between seven and 10 days. Um, so, Jeez. but it is funny that they just change it. Uh, after Ohio State has a uh, few players missed the Big Ten championship game and now uh, are playing in the college football playoff. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Now that you mentioned it, yeah, now that you mentioned it, Bracky, I remember I was talking about the 21-day rule, and, like, this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't align with anything scientific. It was just like, Nothing. are they trying Are they trying to virtue signal that they're the most, like, 
cautious because really they, they show you what where their true convictions are. That it just aligns with, hey, we need Ohio State in this game because we need them in the playoff because of the money that's going to generate for the conference and gets distributed back to the teams. Yes. So, I mean, they thought they were leading with their whole with canceling football when in reality that they were not the leaders. They were just kind of a laughing stock. So yeah, mm-hmm. then it's kind of crazy to see like. I mean, I think un, unquestionably it's like the most tradition-rich conference in all of sports and in, in, uh, in collegiate athletics have such a hard time. I don't know if it's just the leadership. I think most problems in organizations do come down to leadership, so it's probably that. And uh, obviously you can chalk up a little to just it's a weird time that no one's really ever expected to happen. But, man, that's that's really embarrassing look for – the Big Ten, and I just hope that so embarrassing. This sounds this. The strange thing is, I just hope they care little enough about wrestling to not get their hands in it and and mess it up, right? Because they I mean, they've messed Real. up football. They did if they did something like this with wrestling. I don't know what the equivalent would even be in wrestling, but Special I don't want to see it. They, they give specifically a smaller uh, quarantine period. <laughs> yes, um, so, something like that. Um, so yeah, well, we're hopeful that the kinks get worked out with all the Big Ten issues by the time wrestling season comes around, and maybe that's the hold up with the schedule. They're too busy changing the rules to finalize these schedules. Maybe now that uh, the bowl season is set and Ohio State's in the playoff, they they can focus on that um, because, it, like you said, it is a big money payday. Getting Ohio State in the playoff uh, is automatic four million dollars, and if they make the college football national championship game. Uh, they get another six million, and that's distributed to the con- everyone in the conference. So it is beneficial to the conference for them to prop up Ohio State like they are. It just is a, not a great look, and um, yeah. it, you know they they, they also thought that yeah. they were they also thought like when they brought football back, they were like, we're gonna have the daily testing. It's gonna prevent outbreaks. You're not gonna see these games canceled. That's why we don't need the wiggle room, and then. I mean, them and the Pac-12, who came back later, were hit harder than like the SEC and the Big 12 were, and the um, and the other conferences that were playing from the beginning of the year, and it didn't prevent the outbreaks whatsoever. Uh, you, you had games canceled all the time. You had Big Ten teams playing four or five games. You had Pac-12 teams playing two, three, four games. Like, it it didn't mm-hmm. prevent the outbreaks like they thought. It's pretty hilarious for a. a uh, can we just get the damn wrestling schedule on the line already? Yeah, I don't know what we're, I. I hope they get it out. It's funny that these conferences, <laughs> like literal, you know, the whole country's in mayhem and the, no one can control anything. But they think, but the Big Ten thinks they figured it out how to prevent the the spread of coronavirus and all that. Um, kind of Jeez. kind of hilarious arrogance there. Um, so yeah, give us our dang schedules because we're having a dang season, according to Doug Schwab. He's fired up, Bracky. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> he's kind of echoing your sentiments. Well, yeah, uh, they have their thing, schedule already, happening. correct? Norlao's got their schedule. I don't know if they do actually. So there are a number of Big Twelve teams that have their schedules out, um, but I, I don't know if you and I actually does. Yeah, at all. Missouri does. All right, JD, North Coast State JD's going to make to... JD's going to make a master schedule for us, so we'll we'll go over that at some point. Um, 
he's working on it now. So we probably won't have him for this show, but maybe the next show. Hey, why don't we talk about the uh, the eight man a little bit? We I just knocked it, it out. Uh, it was, you loved it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, well, ba- Bajrang's a superstar. Um, I think I think it's, it's just evident, right? He he's fun to watch. He's entertaining. There's something that's kind of a little bit magnetic about him. Um, he looked really good. I had the worst pick of the tournament because he beat Anthony Ashnault like a drum. That was really unfortunate. I did pick Anthony Ashnault to win. Um, I thought Alec Pantelio looked really good. I feel like it's going to be him and James Green for the 70-kilogram spot for the next three years. Um, I, I feel like that's, I don't know, I want to say relatively evident. I mean, they're really both good, and they cannot, neither one of them, make 65 kilograms healthily. Uh, let's see, what else? I don't know. That, well, that's I'd say regarding away. Pantelio, I, I think Pantelio is, yeah, you leave this weekend and you leave RTC Cup. This is definitely a, a 70 kilogram staple for the future. But to me, I, I think you say that and I say, well, maybe slow down a little because I think as Deacon and Hydley evolve, I think they're probably better. They're probably more true 70 kilogram guys. Maybe not. They could grow, outgrow it given their youth. But I think, yeah, I really think it's those four for the future at seventy. Okay. At least right now, it's kind of where my my head's at. I, I think, I mean, I think Bracky, you may know you may know it better than me, but like Pantelio and Deacon and Hydley, they all kind of went back and forth. I know Hydley yeah. and Pantelio went back and forth for sure, collegially. They split the yeah, they split the one year at NCAA's. Um, Hydley and Pantelio did, but I believe. Um, I'm looking it up right now. I believe Panaleo got the better of Deacon. Okay. Um, but it, feel, it feels like Pantaleo's hit a new level a little bit. I mean, you know, when he wrestled Zane a couple months back and he went 3-2 with Zane, Christian, you brought up the fact that Zane pinned him three times prior to that. And yeah. it's it, it's it, for him, I almost don't even want to consider NCAA results because it seems like a different beast. It seems like he's gotten much better. But he's also just much better at freestyle. It's much more suited to who he is. Um, so I almost don't want to consider NCAA results, although I, I agree with your point that I think Deacon and Hydelite can make some noise there. Um, but I feel like Green and Patel are the, are the front runners. So we so came they, into the eight-man split. Go ahead, Brad. In, t- in, in 2019, um, Panaleo and Deacon split. Deacon uh, won 11-9 in the duel, and then Panaleo beat him 10-4 at Big Tens. Hmm. Got it. Yeah. Um, it's funny that the, uh, you know, you look at the bracket, it's this crazy bracket, expect the unexpected, and then the top two seeds make the finals. And it's like, oh, yeah, that was kind of dumb. Um, like, I... I mean, I thought I didn't like, think. I thought Bajran was obvious, but I did not think James Green to the finals was obvious at all. So the obvious pick is the one you didn't make. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't obvious. I picked, yeah. against, <laughs> I, I picked against James Green making the finals, right? Or did I pick? No, I, well, I, I don't remember. I forget. I forget who you picked to make the finals. I know you picked Ashnault to beat Bajran. That's what yeah, I'm saying. You said it's, it's obvious that Bajrang is going to make it, but even you yourself didn't pick it. Well, I, I, said, I, I said, listen, you got rewind the tape, Christian. When I made that pick, I said, you know, in every bracket, there's something crazy that happens that none of us can really predict. Like, think about the 195. Who's going to pick 
um, Lujan to beat Dean and Gavin. And so my reasoning was, I know something crazy is going to happen, and nothing crazy actually happened at all. I think you could say the the Pantaleo Jo Green uh, the Jo match was. I don't know if it was crazy. I don't think it was crazy at Pantaleo one. We were sort of woke to that being a tough matchup for anyone that Pantaleo was a good matchup. But yeah, you know, I thought I thought I thought Jo. I mean, I picked Jo to win it. He went zero and one. Um, so. I don't know, but I, I'm curious for your thoughts on, on that match overall, Ben, because I thought it was really competitive. And, you know, J- Jordan was leading late. But what are, what is yeah. it that makes Pantaleo such a tough matchup for him? And were you surprised at J.O.'s difficulty getting to Pantaleo? Well, I feel like he's a tough matchup for everybody, isn't he? He's just – he's got great positioning. He's very disciplined. I mean, just getting to his legs is difficult. I, I, did Anthony Eshaw get to his legs at all? I, I don't really think he did. And even James Green and Pantelio was really competitive. James Green was able to get to him a few times. But um, Pantelio is just really hard to score on. He's got great defense, great positioning, very disciplined in his positioning also. Um, and I think that, that's what makes it so hard. Yeah. So that that was a definite, I don't know. It was, it was an upset. And I don't know if it was a reached the stunner level, but. It was definitely an upset to see Oliver go down to Pantaleo. But as you were watching the match, I mean, after the first period, or even like the first two minutes, you're like, this is this is going to be really tough because Jordan was not able to generate a lot of offense. And he wasn't able to really wrestle from the ties either, where Jordan can, he can score a lot from there. He can pull on the head, get to the ankle. He can hit his pass by stuff. And really, it was a match completely from space for the most part. And Jordan was kind of like popping him, trying to create openings, but he, he was just not able to open up Pantelio. And Pantelio just doesn't, I mean, this could be partially just he's, he's so strong, but he's, he does such a good job at going from the single leg and being able to horse it up and get up to his feet with a, with a standing oh, yeah. single. And he did that a couple mm-hmm. times from, I would consider, somewhat compromised positions. So he's really, really good when he gets in deep and – um I don't know. I, th- I thought I thought he also showed uh, showed himself to be very heady, right? I thought he was really tactical. Mm-hmm. I thought he was making adjustments. Um, he clearly didn't panic in the in the Jo match when he had to go and get a point. He was able to focus and get to the leg. And I didn't think it looked like um, to me Jordan didn't look like oh he was suffering after the cut or this was not the. Yeah, I, agree. I mean, I I won't say that that's the best version of Jo we've ever seen, but. Maybe that's just the Pantelio factor, right? I don't. I don't feel like this was some adverse Jo. It was just Alec was better by the narrowest and, of margins. And, I'm pretty sure it was a criteria victory. Yeah, and as you know, as Pantelio shut down Oliver and Jo, I felt like James Green shut down uh, Pantelio, especially at the end of the match. When I think Pantelio, if he would have got a takedown, he would have won. Green just shut him down. I mean, Pantelio could not get to his legs at the end of the match there. Um, so, you know, a, a green all obviously also has uh, very disciplined, uh, great positioning. And I was really impressed by both those guys. And I know, I know Bajrang was better, but, and we can talk about him in a second, but, uh, th- those guys really impressed me. Yeah. I think Bajrang, and let's just get to it. Uh, okay. Let's get to you it. You know, he, he looked like the smallest dude out there, by the way, I thought he looked significantly i mean i was on the mat and i talked to a couple of coaches about this they're like yeah he's not he's not big but he is 
uh, ferocious competitor and unbelievably strong. Uh, unbelievably and, strong. and that was yeah. pretty, I mean, when he, a couple of things he did, there's some things he does technically that really just are, are incredible. His, his counter of, of James, when James had that standing single and was basically behind him when he like just trapped that leg and just held on for the stalemate. I thought that was, that was amazing. But his ease in pulling down James in that front headlock and running behind and the head pinch stuff. That is just, that's just really, um, yeah, it's impressive. It's rare that you see that kind of a, that kind of technique too at that level. I mean, the the first part where, you know, it's, so this is where part of me thinks, okay, part of me thinks that maybe James Green was feeling the weight cut by the third match. Cause obviously um, the front head pinch was kind of sneaky, which, you know, it was a really nice front head pinch. And then, but then he ran around him, was it two times or three times from the, after that point where he, you know, he faked the front head pinch and then he run the corner. And I, I was, yeah, I was just really impressed at how he ran him down. I thought I did not think if someone told me that was what happened, I would have said, come on, man, that ain't going to happen. Um, so I was just really impressed that Bajoran was able to score there repeatedly. Well, how about, you know, in, in the first period, I think Bajoran struck first, and then Green stings two quick takedowns in probably less than 30 yes. seconds, and you're like, is he did he figure something out quickly? Be- yeah. Because he was just immediately able to get to legs and finish no problem, and that really surprised me. So, But then by the second period, it was he got the – I think he got the takedown of the turn in the second period, and that was that kind of that was sort of game over at that point. And another area where Bajrang is so impressive is on top with his um, variety of turns. Like but Turk? Normally, he has, didn't he get his belly Turk on everybody? Is that what you guys call that? I don't know. Belly Turk where he put the heel on the ass and then figure four it up? Well, I that wasn't the turn that I was even referring to. He gets the foot on the butt. But then he was yeah, he gutted him. Yeah, I remember well, yeah, that. So you, you like, used the one to go to the other. Okay, yeah. So when I think uh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I was thinking about. Um did he do the um But he go away, Christian? He got it? that move on everybody, and that is such a tough move to get because it it it's not that hard at like the high school level when the kids aren't really paying attention to to their positioning. But usually by the time you get to this level of wrestling that he was in on Friday night, you know, people have a good understanding of positioning and putting their heel on their butt. It becomes mighty difficult. Um, but I, I said, I think, I think he got it on every opponent he wrestled. I'm, I'm trying to recall. Um, yeah, you might be, you might be right. He definitely was hitting it consistently throughout. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, I mean, it's, what's the, what's the challenge there? I mean, why, why, uh, how is he able to trap that foot? Because I think that's the that's the difference maker, right? That well, he's able yeah, to... I mean, the... I wish you could put it on video. I don't know. I, I don't know how exactly how yeah. it's easy, but usually the issue is right. I'm laying on someone in parterre. I can't just reach back and grab the heel because it's really really far away. So at some point, I have to take my weight off of my opponent to go back to get the heel. But if you take your weight off your opponent, you're again they get, if they're aware of their positioning and everything, they can then build up, build back, and fight you grabbing the leg. If obviously if they stay flat, like some high school kids are lazy and undisciplined with their positioning. So if you take your weight off of it and they lay flat, then yanking that thing up is, you know, you could get it done. You know, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, another thing we, we haven't mentioned, but Luko, he he really impressed me against Bajrang. You know, he 
he was actually a little closer than the national was. I mean, substantially. So he, there were a couple of exchanges and I feel like Bajrang is the ultimate, um, if wrestler, if he finishes this, if this happened, uh, and there's plenty of ifs throughout this tournament for, for these guys against him. But I really did think that Lugo was right there and I'm, I'm interested to watch him compete again. I think freestyle probably suits him well. Uh, his reattacks look good. He got in a couple of times. Finishing on Bajrang is always going to be a challenge. But at the end of the first period, it's very debatable if, if Pat got that takedown or not at the end. I mean, the, the elbow appeared to have hit. So now is he winning that match? I don't think there's any any chance. But listen, that, that kind of result, a guy's 2-0 and in his senior-level freestyle career, that's a pretty good start. And uh, it, it made me want to watch him wrestle again. So is he going to go all the way down to 65 or is he going to be a 70 with Pantelio and Greed? Because I feel like him making 65 is going to be very challenging. I thought he looked really big. He looked so much bigger really than, big. than yeah. Bajrang. Uh, I mean, he's thick. He's a little taller. I think 65 would be brutal. Maybe he can do it. I don't know. I don't, And I don't know his plans either. Again, he's so sort of new to the senior level. He hasn't been someone mm-hmm. that uh, we've – but – I think I think probably maybe he gives it a shot at, to qualify at 65 for the trials. Maybe he tries it, yeah. and then, but I can't imagine him for the remainder of the quad not going 70. Yeah, that's that's how I feel too when I look at him. He looks really large. Um, you know, I think one of the things that he does really well is, he controls space. He's got a really good underhook. Um, he doesn't get pushed around very easily, which obviously in freestyle is significantly more important than it is in folk style. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's going to transition into a really solid freestyle wrestler. I think freestyle probably suits him better. Just like we said about Alex Pantelio, um, and he's looked relatively good, but I'd like to say, I don't, I, and I don't know why he didn't enter the U S open considering it was in his hometown. Um, but that, you know, that would have been interesting to see him in that one. And obviously then we would have, well, I guess it would have been 65 plus two. So he probably could have made 65 plus two. Yeah, I think he could do that. Um, I'm trying to send Tyler the time for the Bajrang turn. All right. Um, also, uh, I got Ben's picks here. Um, you had uh, a national Oliver uh, final. Uh, oh, dear. Yeah, I told you James Green made so, it. So, I'm in the worst pick. Yeah, you well, said you had the worst pick when you picked Ashnall over Bajrang, but you did have the worst pick when you picked Oliver to make the finals. He lost that wasn't that was a bad pick. pick. Come on, someone else made that pick too. Yeah, me. Yeah, I think we all did. But Jackie uh... <laughs> definitely won though, because he picked he picked Bajrang to win. Yeah, dang it all. He did it for the Indian Railroad. Who... He did it for the Indian he Railroad. What? <laughs> Explain, Bracky. That's who he was. That's who. Um, when our man Brian Hazard announced him, that's who he was representing. I don't. I don't know if that's what Bodrang told him or, or what. I'm assuming it is. Yeah, they, they but, uh, they're, they're like, an employer. Yeah. So in like NYAC or Hawkeye Wrestling Club or Scarlet Knight Wrestling Club, whatever. Uh, Bajrang was announced as uh, the Indian Railroad. His Waga song was also fire. That was a lot of fun. What, what, about, what was Ash, the first? Um, the silence. 
I don't know. Oh, he did. He he refused to pick a song or what? Yeah, he said Silent Assassin. Yeah. Like I don't need mm-hmm. a song. Ah, uh, um, the, who is the first either world or is it Kumar Sushil Kumar maybe? Who was the first Indian world champion? And I, and I remember reading a story about how the Indian Railroad gave him a job, a very very well paying job, and kind of like as a reward for being their first world champion. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I think it was Sushil Kumar, but I I, I could be wrong. Whoever who are the one? Jason Bryant probably knows. So uh, I it's funny you mentioned that thing because I remember when I was doing some research for this, uh, I, I was on Bajrang's yep. Wikipedia page, and it says on there that he currently works in Indian Railways on the post of Gazetted Officer OSD Sports. So I don't know. He works yeah. with Indian Railways re- also. Sushil Kumar appointed Railways Administrative Officer. Yeah. So, see? right you are, Ben. Boom. Call him the, right. conductor. We- <laughs> the conductor. The um, conductor. Hey, hold so. On. Hold on, real quick. Go ahead. It also says uh, Punya enjoys seeking out knowledge of his village elders. Fantastic. Who doesn't? Respect <laughs> yeah. your elders. That's fun. Kids. Um. <laughs> Who so I, I guess you you tweeted about it, Piles, that you know this is this is you're going well with this and you want to do it again. What's the next tournament? I, I obviously I know we're getting Burroughs versus Taylor, but um maybe I'm getting greedy. Know. We've done you've done 195, you've done 150. Just you know, give us some Oracle stuff. What what tournament do you want to run? Well, I mean, I guess you gotta what what weights could we do that we haven't done? We could go lighter I think and do one, like a one thirty five. Yeah, one thirty-five. I think that's the, I think that's the one. You could do. We could go bigger and get two hundred five. You could go one sixty-five and try to get some of the seventy-four dudes. But maybe you got to go up to one seventy. Well, the problem is everyone's yeah. at either eighty-six or seventy-four right now, so it's not. I mean, like, could you get Zahid Valencia, for example, if you did a one seventy, or would you have to go up a little more to get him? Probably a little he more. He can't huh? come down to one seventy. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I don't mean some, someone like Zahid. I don't, I don't see yet. Yeah, would he do 180? Maybe, but but then that's too big second. for the, that, that freaking gap. Is, isn't that gap so annoying? It's such a large gap, and it's like we're even talking about a middle point, and we're saying guys can't come down or go up because it's too far, and we're not even going through the whole span of the freaking weight class. I know, it's so annoying. Yeah, it's not. No, it's not good, but I, I would just think he would not want to do that given that he's trying to make the team at 189. Coming down to yeah. even a 180 feels like a stretch. And I'm trying to recall like the, the Burroughs, he discussions on the weight there. I, I don't think it was too too much back and forth there around the 185. Um, but Burroughs went up a lot. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, as he, um, as he I mean, will that's... January 9th. Yeah, I mean, so you know, who I guess uh, could you talk in Dake and I'm already going up that much also because you'd you'd want a handful of different competitors, right? I mean, that, that's the whole fun in this is that you're going to have guys from different weight classes mixing it up, right? That is the fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like a 75 could be could be really interesting. Um, so I don't know when the next one is going to be, but. I think they they could be like a fun, uh, almost like undercard for a mega match, like 
pretend we had yeah. it won't be this way for Jan- for January 9th but if we do like in a pretend world if we did have Taylor and Burroughs in a month or so from now like have a bracket in the beginning of it and at the end you have the finals for the bracket and then you go right into the to the main event card so I think that could be yeah. a cool way to get a get the to accomplish the undercard so maybe keep an eye out for that because I think that's the way we go and as far as weight I'm I think you want to go somewhere where you can get a lot of good competitors and like 70 in the, in the 74 kilogram range, are we going to be, would Dake do it? I don't know. Would Imar? Maybe. Burroughs? Not likely. So, well, yeah, wait, so why, why wouldn't Dake do it? Dake seems like the most likely considering the fact that he wrestled 86 for the trials a long time ago. I don't, I don't know. I, I just, uh, the hypothesis and maybe the you know Kyle Day can get pretty substantial compensation, so it could be something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe after after uh, the uh, obviously after the trials, right? Yeah, I mean you get three. You're gonna get three really tough matches. Uh, did you want three tough, really tough matches? Even these tournaments they go to overseas, they'll get a couple. They'll at least get one guy that's like not that not that amazing yeah. right now for their acclimation tournament it'll probably be a little different after one of them makes a team but um and, and similarly with like a 135 bracket i think there are so many competitor potential competitors there i think that makes a lot of sense because yes. yeah that'd be my- but but acknowledging that someone like look at how many of them are nca eligible Ooh. spencer dayton Suriano, yeah. basically throw them out michich th- throw him out so right there's four well, veto out. But I got to assume that you you guys wouldn't be playing on doing any before the trials because now we're I mean we're it doesn't feel like this, but we are literally within three yeah. months in a week or two weeks of the trials, right? The, the trials mm-hmm. are the first week in April, so we're not all that far away right now from where the trials are going to be. Um, and obviously you haven't announced for the next month, so now you're within two and a half months. I can't imagine you're gonna have a whole bunch of people wanting to wrestle in a tournament uh, that close to the Olympic trials, or at least that many really good guys. Which I'm sure you want some of those really good guys if you're gonna make the bracket. Yeah, I I would agree, uh, but I do know that they're they're gonna want matches in the lead up, maybe in the late February range, early March. That'll be a month out. I don't think it's, and in fact, someone uh, who's got a, an Olympic hopeful, a father, said, "Hey, you need to have." A tournament this time that would be perfect for um you know yeah. the trial why don't you we, just we, do we the, the austin texas open and just and make you know make it like a real tournament and maybe you don't pay everyone like you do for the that maybe it's like you know five grand per champion 2500 for every mm-hmm. runner up and you do like legit like a tournament 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 yeah i like that i don't know if Logistically, we'd we'd be able to do it, but yeah, hire somebody. You, you, you yeah, you outsource that to somebody else. They do, you know, eight mats or four mats or whatever the hell you need. Maybe you limit it to sixteen competitors per weight class, or you know, I, I I have no idea. I'm just throwing ideas out here. But if if you want, if these guys do want to get matches, because to that point, there are probably some people who want to get matches, and there's no American tournaments. There was no. Dave Schultz, there was no Bill Farrell, there was there were none of those tournaments. 
um, I think if you guys are going to try to go to the Nice tournament in France, and then there's obviously the um, Matteo Pellicone, but man, I got to assume that those guys aren't really going to those tournaments. The people, they're, they're not going to get let in. Yeah, yeah so they I, need I a tournament. Off the Texas Open, let's go. Yeah, all right, you can enter it. 74. 74, <laughs> I will not make uh, that that way class. <laughs> If you if your life depended on it, how soon could you make seventy four kilos? Life depend. Oh man, it it would take me a while. Yeah, it would take me a while. Two months minimum, probably two months. Two months, yeah. Have you started like any any level of a diet at this point? I have. I told you guys. I still. I know, but like are five, you sticking with it? Ready. Oh snap! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going like, hardcore or nothing, but, uh, but yes, I, I am dieting. I mean, I don't have a good reason to go like I'm gonna grind it out, okay? But yes, I am limiting my intake and I am making sure I work out every single day. Well, I hope you don't. Uh, I hope you don't limit yourself too much during Christmas week because that's a that's a good yeah. good week for eating. I know you don't like the traditional Thanksgiving Christmas meals like turkey, etc. You're probably gonna have tacos. Well, I thought but, turkey was a Thanksgiving huh. thing. That's a Christmas well, thing too. It it is in, in, in my family. We have, really? I love it. It's great. Oh yeah. Okay, Christian, well, rank rank the meats. Rank the meats. Where do you really rank turkey? Like just you know, it's got to be like the lowest, right? Definitely ahead of ham. I hate ham more than anything. Oh, I do hate ham more than turkey. You're right. More than I hate ISIS. Right. Ham's uh, lower. Way way worse. Yeah, see, I uh, <laughs> I don't like ham. Um, Do you I not don't know. like I, ham? Because it, it tastes terrible. I do not like ham. I hate either. it. It's bad. So salty. Oh my, my gosh. Um, so, I mean, I love, I really genuinely enjoy a turkey. Now, listen, I love steak more than probably anything. I like cheeseburgers. <laughs> I like fried chicken a lot, but that's not exactly a Thanksgiving, Christmas type of, of food. Okay, Chris, so, rank your main meats. We'll say beef, chicken. We don't have to get specific types. Ham, turkey. And do we want to throw seafood all the way together or what? <clears throat> yeah, you rank can put seafood five. in under a blanket. But there's some terrible seafood and some great seafood. So I would go beef. And then chicken, seafood, turkey, pork, even ham. though I love bacon and sausage. Yeah, ham. Okay. What, that's what's fair. your Ricky, what's your what uh I would go beef, chicken, seafood, but I don't love all seafood, but there are some there is some seafood that's very good. Seafood, uh turkey ham also. So I will go the same same lineup. Oh wow! Same lineup. Get it? Brad. I mean, that's probably pretty, That's probably very similar to mine. It's just I don't dislike him. I, 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 that I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure I've ever place, met anybody like that, that is just like that's just like, oh man, ham. You know that sucks. I hate ham. Who I hate ham, Bracky. I hate it. I, Listen, hate I was uh. Yeah, at some point, I think I was like 13, and I said, that shit's gross. I'm not eating that anymore. And I haven't eaten it since. Probably it's been 20 plus years. Dang, I don't know if I've gone that long. Um, 
I love it when people try to theorize, like, no, if you try, no, but have this ham this way, you'll like it then. It's like, no, I don't like ham. I'm not going to like ham. Ham. Stop trying to force your ham agenda on me. Um, So, Ben, (laughs) you have to. So, Ben, for Thanksgiving, the Asker family has tacos. What do you have for Christmas? Uh, You know what? Actually, um, I don't think we did tacos this year, though. I'm trying to recall. I I don't believe so. Um, that wasn't the that wasn't the path that has to happen. Um, my we don't I, I don't think we do anything specific for Christmas Day, but Christmas Eve the last two years we've done like uh, a bunch of lobster and crab, and it was really delicious. So like not all seafood's delicious, but that that was that yeah, was really good. Uh, you, know, you get some salad, you get some French fries, and then some lobster and some crab. It was it was very good. Ben, it's unlikely like that it. we would ever share Thanksgiving or, or Christmas Eve together. But I would, <laughs> I would love to challenge you to try one of these meals with the turkey and the green bean casserole and mashed potatoes and all that stuff. Ew, I think mashed you potatoes like are the worst. I cannot. You don't like mashed potatoes? Like They're gross. Mashed potatoes are the worst. This is like a bunch of mush and nasty crap. Give me a freaking break. You don't like Bracky's losing mind at me. No, mashed potatoes are nasty. Are you guys kidding me? Ben, what are you talking about? Mashed potatoes are gross. I'm the only one with the courage to say this right now. You guys are hating. No, they're mashed delicious. Potatoes. I love them. Guys, mashed potatoes are gross. Are you kidding me? Ben, you're going to really get eviscerated for this take. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get eviscerated. Because listen, you know, you know what? Mashed potatoes are gross. And I don't care what anyone else says. They're, they're gross. Do you like potatoes? Not really. I mean, maybe like French fries or maybe like if they dice them up, you know, when they dice them up and they cook them, those are delicious. But like a baked potato, gross. Potatoes just have no flavor. They're gross. I don't know why people like them. It's virtual oh, signaling wow. that you're Irish or something. If you like potatoes. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I'm not Irish. Like, no, they just taste good. They're good with butter uh, and cheese. No. So you put, yeah, you put butter, gravy. you put cheese, you put Now you're saying you, you put, like the butter, uh, salt, you, you like the gravy, you say you like the sour cream, but you're, you're not saying you like the potato. No, I like the potato. Listen, just because you put something on something doesn't mean you, you don't like the thing. That's the recipe. You know what? This is a, that's enough. I'm, well, I'm <laughs> we got to move yeah. on. There's just no coming back for this. There's none. There's no. There's no recovery. There's no. Yeah, we're not going to see eye to eye here. It's, it's cats and dogs. Okay. Okay. Let's so, talk about ears because that's something we can fight some more about. <laughs> yeah. So I, we we got two tiers for today. One fifty-seven and one sixty-five. Now, <clears throat> one fifty-seven. I have a mega tier. It's tier two. Tier. And I so so prepare yourselves. But the first tier I think is a clear tier, if I may say so. It's Ryan Deacon, Hayden Hydley, and David Carr. And I'm having a hard time seeing theorizing anyone that's not on that list winning NCAAs. I just have a hard time. And really I would have I somewhat considered should Deacon and Hydley be somewhat – should they be on their own? But I wouldn't like Carr down there in Tier 2 because I think he's – I th- feel like he's clearly proven to be beyond that. So he could be on Tier 2 Island just all by his lonesome. Or 
um, up there in tier one. And I think, listen, this guy was a freshman last year. He had a really good season. Who knows what he would have done had he got to go to NCAAs and wrestle. Um, So uh, thoughts on that, that first tier, Ben. Uh, They're all very good. I agree that you should include Carr on that tier. That's, 100% 100% correct. He makes way more sense there than in another tier. So so looking at mega tier here, which has uh, 2, 4, mega 6, tier. 8, 10, 12, 12 dudes in it, and I didn't really know where to draw the line here. Um, I mean, Jesse Delavecchia is currently ranked number four in the country. West Virginia is Josh Humphreys, number five. But then it's Quincy Monday. I mean, listen to these names. These are all – I could see all of them beating each other. Quincy Monday, Kendall Coleman, Marcus Hartman, Wyatt Sheets, Caleb Young, Ja'Cory Teamer, Anthony Artelona, Peyton Robb, Will Luan, Brady Berge. And I had to bump Berge up substantially because he's not ranked high. But I I maintain if he's healthy, he's going to be really good. So I feel good about him in Tier mm-hmm. 2. But is there anyone in there that you don't think belongs uh, in that in that tier, Ben? Or ben, yeah, this, is not my, this is not my specialty because you guys always know I mess up when – Someone loses to someone. You know, there's. I, I just don't do a great job here. So I trust, trust Ricky's advice. Well, I what I what my my gut says no. Nah, all those are all those are about equal. Steve. Yeah. The, yeah. No. Like TP said, these guys will just beat each other, and and I mean that's exactly what they did last year. Like Jacory Teamer beat Humphreys. Um, I think Humphreys beat Monday. Coleman took a few losses. Uh, yeah, they literally just traded White Sheets beat Caleb Young last year. So, yeah, it, it's just a kind of a jumbled up mess that they really haven't. Like, there's there's no, like, tier three, tier four, I don't think. Like, those guys have just kind of all, all go together right now. I mean, even... Even Delavecchia, who's ranked number four, he he lost thirteen to seven to Quincy Monday. You know who's yes. right yeah. there with him. He also beat he also beat Monday four to two. So I feel it's, like it's a really came out of nowhere last year because like two years ago was he any good? He's always been like solid, solid ranked guy, but last year was definitely his best year. Uh, Bracky mentioned before the show he only had two losses last year to. Um, Hayden Hydley, who who beat him pretty good, 10-0. and then mm-hmm. Quincy Monday, who he also beat, so really solid. He won he won the MAC, beating Jared JQs and Larry Early, who's I mean Early was an All American, so he's 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 on the level. Here's here's what I think though, I do think I see some talent that okay if this guy made a jump and wound up in the in the next tier, maybe I'd be surprised, but I think. Yeah. I think we're going to get defined tiers here. I could see Kendall Coleman, someone I'm, I've always been really high on. I could see uh, a Jacory maybe getting it together um, and, you know, throughout a full season. Could Caleb Young kind of re-solidify himself at 157? I think we could get some separation. I just think right now I'm not sure I see it. But then then I start naming those names, and I'm like, man, I kind of feel that way about Peyton Robb and Will Luan and Brady Berge too. So it's – it's a really the the podium four through eight could be so many different combinations. I agree with that. So I uh, hey, I looked up Delvecchio. Do you know wrestling stat has a uh, uh they have an ambulance if that's if they're hurt that season. So they have freshman mm-hmm. year he wrestled he was fifteen and nine. 
Then he has a freshman year with an ambulance. Assume he got hurt. Then a freshman year with a red shirt next to it. Brilliant. Um, and then as a sophomore, he was a national qualifier and he was 26 and seven. But so that jump from 26 and seven to 30 and two, uh, that's, that's really, really significant. Yeah, definitely. How about this guy started it, um, as a 41 pounder. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Getting a little bigger now, uh, which probably helped. <laughs> so then rounding out the, the third tier, I, I just kind of put the next guys in line. All their names start with J. Um, Justin Ruffin, Jared Jacuse, Jared Franick, um, and uh, Justin Thomas. What'd you say? The J tier. J tier. It sounds like something from the from corrections. Hey, but here's here's the real thing. You know who could be tier one? That's not even on the list. I know. I know who. I didn't want to say it. Our boy Keegan O'Toole. Yes, that guy. Yeah, I didn't want to say it. Yeah, I, I feel want to say his. Well, because I would be a homer, obviously. Uh, his progress is ridiculous. He looks so good at junior trials. No one could even score on him. Um, obviously, I, before, before I would even throw him up here. I, I want to. I want to see him against some of these guys before. So I, I'll, I'll give you guys a little bad news. He just got his uh, wisdom teeth out, so he can't participate in the wrestle offs tonight. Oh my gosh. But they well, will not I'm, play him. The, yeah, that will not play. Yeah, get it knocked out now. Uh he, man. Maybe I'm rushing, I'm rushing things, but why not? I think I think he's got the. I think he could be a tier one guy for sure. Yeah, uh, I agree. He looks so, very good at uh, junior trials. All right, very excited for that. Um, it's been too long. Want to see him against some D1 dudes? That'll be fun. Well, so, who do yeah. they have right Keep away? Who do they have that first weekend? I guess they have Oregon State, North Dakota State, and is there a fourth one? Or is that is that a try or quad? One second. I don't. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll I am. So <clears throat> I'm working on. Uh, so that first one is South Dakota State, North Dakota State, Oregon State. So he'd, he'd see Frantic um, there. That's the. That's a big one I can think of. Um, I'm working on Mac rankings right now. And, um, you know, I, I reach out to all the coaches and make sure I get their lineup right and all that stuff. And um, Coach, Coach Smith said it, it it would either be uh, JQs or O'Toole. He did, he did not give me a lean either way. But uh, sounds, it, obviously he's in the mix. And uh, I think if he's the guy, I think we all have him in tier one. January seventeenth, yeah. Ames, Iowa, um, Arizona State, and which would be Teamer, and Iowa State, which would be David Carr. Oh my gosh, that'll be a day. And then Delvecchia on January, Delvecchia on January thirty-one will be Ryder. So he will. He's kind of in a fortunate position. Well, he'll he'll get to really cement himself, or you'll know you'll know where he fits yeah. if he gets all those matches. If he may, it ends up being the guy. We're gonna have a very clear picture of where where he belongs. Yeah, yeah, That's and exciting. on um, January eighth, he would, he would have uh, Jacob Wright, who's who's transferred to Wyoming from Fresno State, who I believe is top twenty five guy, and then uh, February fourteenth, Wyatt Sheets, at Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sheets was nice coming day. on at the end there. What was mm -hmm. he going to NCAA? Like a seven, six, somewhere around there. Let's look it up. I don't know, but uh, he's definitely top ten. 
<laughs> Caleb Young. He, he looked good. What giggles? Someone called him Caleb Brands, and that makes me laugh. <laughs> I think that was your thing. Was, uh, Wyatt Sheets was the 11 seed at NCAAs, um, but he'd, he'd beaten Caleb Young and then, believe, made the Big 12 finals, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's go 65. Bracky, you did this tier. Why don't you uh, get, get the intro? Oh, let's let's rip them apart, Piles. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, okay, so tier one is actually pretty big uh, compared to 157. But I, I was talking to CP before the show. I was like, is there any anyone in this tier that if I told you they went NCAAs, you'd be surprised? So it's Makai Lewis, uh, returning champ from 2019. Alex Marinelli, Shane Griffith. Uh, I know Ben claims Evan Wick is not wrestling, but I'm putting him in here. Logan Massa, okay. this is the one that will probably get the most pushback. Uh, Travis Whitlake, and then I put Carson Karchula in there after we saw him yeah. pretty much handle Makai Lewis. Um, That's a big-ass tier I, one. I already... Jeez, Louise. One, two, three, four, five. Seven people in tier one, Bracky? Listen, I don't think those guys deserve to be tier two. Who can't? Who can't win in that group? I'm saying Whitlake. Uh, I'm saying I think Whitlake is the Massa. leader of tier two. Massa is the only that's really well at freestyle. Man, it's just not necessarily true. Look at his sophomore um, junior years of uh, collegiate. We can go to WrestleStat and look this up. And I don't I don't think, think he was I don't think he was anywhere near healthy. I don't think he was anywhere near healthy those years, Ben. Really? Look at him his freshman year. Uh, he was his fantastic freshman year he was really good. He, he was legit. Yeah. Why is he not even on the list? Why is he not on the list at WrestleStat? This is annoying. They moved him to 74, I bet. I was about to say, they might have him him moved. And, I mean, that's what we've long speculated with the Michigan lineup. What are are they going to do in the back half? I mean, we don't know. Yeah. So, he was 32-3 and as a freshman, but then as a sophomore was 17-8, and and as a junior was 23-7. and So significantly different than the guy we saw as a freshman. So he did not place either one of those years either. I think my tier one would be Makai, Marinelli, Griffith, Wick out because he's not wrestling, Massa out because he's up away, Whitlake out because I don't think he's going with those guys. And man, I'm on the fence with Karchla. Um, Undefeated last year in Redshirt. yeah, he's what? He he's on the fence because he just beat down Makai, but it was freestyle, so it's different. It's different, but the takedowns were takedowns. You know, it's not like he was yes head pinching and gut wrenching. He did gut him, but um, you know, he was getting takedowns. He did, and he did Man, I'll leave Karch. I'll leave Karch Law on there. Um, which maybe that's. Shots I mean, if you're gonna leave Karch Law on there. I think you should leave Whitlake. The guy lost uh, three to two to Alex Marinelli and Carver, and the uh, the takedown wasn't scored till the third period, and he lost four to one to Shane Griffith. And I know he didn't get to wrestle a lot of the other best guys, but I, I think the kid's really good. And I think I I just think like putting him like I don't know. I made tier twos and tier threes, but it honestly could just be one jumbled up tier because I think outside of these guys, there's no one really. That awesome or like 
enough guys that have separated themselves from the rest of the group. What I think I, think, I agree with is have, have a, pull up that Piles did. I, I don't. I there's no one he beat that that is he lost to Marinelli and he lost to Shane Griffith and the next the best guy he beat last year was Andrew Fogarty. Yeah. Clean. Yeah, clean, he's not clear our revival guy. Out. So I'd say not, I'd yeah. say my tier. I'd say my tier one would be Mackay, Marinelli, Griffith. Tier two. Would be uh, Wick Mass if they were there, but Wick Lake, Wick Lake and Karchla on their own island, just those two guys, their own island, and then tier Ooh. three, tier three, those other dudes who are left: Kennedy yeah. Monday, I, Joe Lee, Thomas Bullard. Yeah, I feel like when I, you know when I just watched Kennedy Monday or when I think of Joe Lee, those guys are not on the same tier as Whit Lake and Karchla. So I, I, yeah, there's got to be more separation. Um, like I think maybe Kennedy Monday and Joe Lee and Bullard would be on the upper upper end of tier three, but uh man, tier ooh, I don't know. Maybe do four tiers. Yeah, yeah, it could be. be. Four, and then huh? the, mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So that next T tier would be like Monday, Kennedy Monday, Joe Lee, Tommy Bullard, Jake Wenzel, Tanner Schedule, Danny Bronigal, and Zach Hartman. Um so yeah, I think yeah. I think that makes that makes the most sense. To I me. think it makes yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense because those guys are are clear. Yeah, I feel I feel that the best. So you got to take Wicked Wicked Mass out, right? Because Mass is moving up and Wick is. And I would if I if Mass is staying here, I would move Massa down to that two tier island with Whitlake and Karchla. Yeah, and I would feel I would feel better I would feel better about doing that with having that second tier have those guys in it because they're, they're really good, but having like Logan or Evan with the Monday lead, I think they've accomplished more and proven to be a little better than, than those guys. But 65 is going to be a fun way. And, and Kennedy Monday last week. Sorry. Go ahead. Yes, he did. Um, Dude, it's, it stinks doing these remote, man. Cause I know there's like a, there's just a slight delay that, jams us up like that um where we're in the studio that doesn't really happen so apologies we're not trying to it's just there's a delay um do we want to go next to questions i think next uh tomorrow's show i want to like one i want to do more tiers to because we're only doing two shows this week today and tomorrow um but i want to do some more tiers but i want to go over like more schedules and like what we know so far obviously it's tough without big tens there's enough out that we could like uh you know, kind of go through, okay, what's cool? What's going to be cool? What are going to be the good matches in week one uh, that, that we're going to be able to see whenever week one is? Well, we don't even there's know not going to be anything. Big schedule. I know, but we can do – there's other teams that aren't okay. in the Big Ten. I, I understand, yeah. but – uh, well, So are the big, is the Big Ten knocking us outside of the Big Ten the whole season until the end? Correct. And that's, that's – oh right. Gosh. And that's what's especially frustrating about this. It's like – well, what the hell are you doing? If you're going to wrestle eight to ten conference duels, how hard is that to put together when you're only dealing with teams <laughs> yeah. in the conference? It's like, don't they all work for you? You just tell them when they're wrestling. Just give them their schedule. You, yeah, you I don't understand that. You literally tell them what to do. You are in charge of them. Yeah. I mean, the coaches would have this knocked out. I'm sure they would They would oh, figure yeah. it out. Um, these guys have their schedule set months and months before the season. So it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I guess on, on the one hand, it's like, well, we know we're going to have 
I would assume, perhaps incorrectly, that they know when they're going to wrestle. Maybe not who or where, but okay, on January 8th, we're going to have a match. Or this weekend, we're going to have a match. They should have some sense of direction there. Although, well, I told you, I talked to that one coach yesterday, and he didn't know whether it was going to be January 8th, January 9th, or January 10th. Well, at least they have a weekend. I guess that is, uh, the Big Ten thinks that's enough specificity for them to, to deal with. Okay. Yeah. So big plans for tomorrow's show. A lot more D1 heavy. I'm glad you guys enjoyed the eight man. It was really, really fun. Um, and we, we try to take out as much dead time as, as we can. So that we just keep the thing moving. And I think people appreciated that pace. So we're, we're trying, we're trying. Uh, so let's get to the questions. First one. This is one, I think this is one that is uh, discussed in like every radio show, sports radio show. I don't know why this, this topic always comes up. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Um, I know why it comes up. And, because I tweeted about it last week, Christian. And I said, oh, Elf is the best Christmas movie. And then I said, I'd never watched Die Hard and people lost their minds. Die, man, I love Die Hard. Um, it was my my parents let me watch. Uh, I I had a sheltered upbringing. Uh, my my parents let me watch the TV version of it when I was in like elementary slash early middle school, and I thought it was awesome. So I would say it is not a Christmas movie because, like Elf, you're not gonna throw Elf on unless you have like a seven year old that just likes movies and they're random like that. But no one's putting on Elf in July, but. I Correct. feel like you could watch Die Hard is a blockbuster film. It's very it's action packed. Christmas is not a, a central theme of the movie, right? So I think you could watch it outside of the Christmas time. I have, and uh, so I will say that it is um, it is not a Christmas movie. What does I Steve don't know. think? I, I know you haven't. I. Yeah, I could care less. Uh, sure, it's a Christmas movie. It seems to piss people off when you say that. So yeah, it's a Christmas movie. Oh really? I'm not <laughs> it's the mad. best Christmas I'm movie of all time. Book it. What is the what is the be- what is your favorite? Ben's is Elf, which I think is is definitely up there. It's really good. You know, what movie's terrible. Uh, I don't even know what it. Go ahead. What is it? What movie? Uh, my favorite a Christmas, is Christmas Vacation. No, you're dumb, CP. That's a good movie. That's a terrible movie. <laughs> a terrible movie, and it's not funny. It is not. It is not. I a don't funny really movie. like it either, Christian. I don't really. Like it's it not funny, guys. Uncultured. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've seen it. It's not that I'm not. Cult- I mean, maybe I'm uncultured, but I think the movie's terrible. It's not funny. Terrible. I terrible. Listen, I watched he it said once. Terrible. I, ben doesn't I like mashed potatoes. Once. Christian thinks Christmas Story is terrible. What are we doing it here, is boys? Christmas, we're, Christmas we're, we're giving the truth. Stop. Don't say that. Christmas, Christmas Story is canceled, which is not the real Christmas Story, mind you. <laughs> uh, I think I think Home Alone 1, classic, very Ooh, good. That's a good I think one. Elf. That's a really good one. Yeah. Elf, absolutely fantastic. Uh, very good Christmas movie. Um, I think those are probably the top two. Honestly, Home Alone 2 
it's pretty freaking good. It's it's a good one. Not, no, um, not as good as the one that would be close. Come on, when he has, when he gets hit with the bricks, that's a great one. Um, what's the oh? I I haven't seen this one since I was really young, but I really like the a Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. I thought that one was was really good. Um, that's kind of a classic Christmas movie. Oh, the Muppets Christmas Carol. Apparently, I know a lot of Christmas movies for a guy that doesn't watch a lot of movies. You are, you are, you are very passionate about uh, Christmas movies. Well, I'm going to a trip down memory lane. I'm up. It's Christmas Carol. It's very, very good. Um, oh, there's also one with uh, John Denver. I forget what that one was called. It's like All John right, Denver. All right, next Christmas question. Next question. Let's go. Let's go. I used to watch that one all the time. Uh, okay. Next question. I'm just here to talk Christmas movies. I don't know about you guys. Um, yeah, did you shoot your eye out or something, CP? Someone in the chat no, said Kyle probably shot his eye out. <laughs> no, no, I didn't shoot my eye out. Um, yeah, no, never shot my eye out. Bad movie, though. Um, you don't think, like, even when the dad is just obsessed oh, with God. the leg lamp? I'm trying to get some he's like, it's a ma- movie. It's a, it's a major <laughs> award. And, like, he's, like, obsessed with it. And you don't think that part's funny at I- all? I actually couldn't stand the dad. I was like, this dude is terrible. I hate, I couldn't stand him. Like, this is a bad dude. Bad dad. All right, Sorry. We can move on now. Oh my gosh. Hey, what, do you know something about a new format for PIAAs, Bracky? Because I don't. Someone asked me. I about thought they only take like eight guys or something like that, right? Yeah, what? I think that was the last thing I heard. It keeps changing like every, every week. I feel like in Pennsylvania, there's something new. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I think they they push back the season, and I think as of right now, they're gonna have like eight guys at the state tournament. Which I don't know how you determine who makes it. That's um, crazy. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, that's um, unfortunate. New York's having no season, which is so sad. Um, yeah, not good at all. Man, rough, rough, rough. Mm. Um. Can we get some wrestlers to clarify the pronunciation of their names, mainly for Ben Askren's sake and our ears? Hey, hey, I, I didn't, I didn't want to pick on it, but Bracky Blue today. Bracky called him Pantaleo, which uh, Tommy Rollins used to yell at me Ooh. for when I would say that on uh, that podcast. Well, listen, I didn't know. He, I didn't even know. So what is it, Pantaleo? Yes. Yeah. He he was trolling all of us one time apparently because that interview he did with us after he won CKLV Nomad like kind of asked him to clarify, and he was like Pantaleo and like did the thing with his hands, oh. but then Leah Howard was like, I know lo- losing it on us because she's like no that's wrong he told me this 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 so yeah so um I initially thought it was Pantaleo but it is Pantaleo. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I've I've actually retrained my brain to say it right. So don't try to undo it, Bracky, because I'm actually yeah, saying it right. Correct. But no, I I don't want to coach up Ben on pronunciations. I want him to do his best, and then I want Bracky and I to laugh <laughs> at him when it doesn't make sense. <laughs> doesn't make that sense. Makes, it makes sense. I have to say it right. They have bad Schrader pronunciations. Schrader is a name. I, I know it's a name, but it's like phonetically, O-E cannot be A, at least as far as uh Were you a freaking grammar teacher? You were a grammar teacher? Absolutely not. No. How do you know that? Special, special ed. 
Well, I don't. I guess I don't. But you know what? In uh, my limited experience of reading, uh, I I can't remember Bro. OE making the A sound. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to a grammar expert today and get that figured out. Do that. I'm sure you have many. <laughs> Does Zane have a chance of beating Bajrang? Yes, but I don't think he's going mm -hmm. to. I'm picking Bajrang. I think it's going to be another one of those wins for Bajrang where you're like, oh, if this, oh, if Zane just did this or just did that, he would have won. And this could be really close, yeah. but Bajrang is going to win. Yeah, and Z Zane's main, but, I mean, two things Zane does really well. Number one, um, he does great down block go-behinds on both sides. Uh, number two, he has great pressure, and I just don't think he's going to get either one of those things on Bajrang. I think it's going to be really competitive like last time, but I see Bajrang winning. He just has more ways. Ooh, I want to sort of pause the uh, questions oh. momentarily because I just realized we didn't talk about the Chimizo Zamalov match, which was which oh, was totally no, wild. Crazy finish. Well, yeah, was, um, I didn't think so, it was wild. I thought Zamalov's – I couldn't believe they didn't put him on the damn clock. The dude didn't do freaking anything. Chimizo was controlling center. He was more aggressive. They put Chimizo on the clock one time, but they didn't put freaking Zamalov on the clock at all. That was annoying. So I I can – I think I somewhat agree. So just a quick backdrop, UWW World Cup, the finals were Russian Zamalov. Zamalov beat Sabalov, who beat Sitikov, who was the guy that beat Burroughs the last two times. So there is a potential – changing of the of the maybe not changing of the guard but a, a definite new pecking order at 74 with this zamalov guy and an all the a huge test for him outside of russian nationals would be the uww world cup which had frank chimizo multi world medalist and world champion so they hit in the finals and i don't know if i agree with your characterization necessarily i did how many attacks I mean, did he take I, dude i don't know how many attacks did Zero. Chimizo take a little two okay. or three. But Chimizo also controlled center. He was snapping more. He was pushing more. Chimizo was distinctively more active than Zamalov was, I thought. I would say it would be by a pretty insignificant measure. And also, Chimizo, he was going to go on the clock, I'm sure, in the second period. But Zamalov, I think, got warned and took a leg attack that I don't even think he meant to take. We were, It was cool because we were watching it. It was like... <laughs> a bunch of us at the eight man and like coach Freyer and James green. And they were all watching. And when Zamalov ended up on the leg, I think it was coach Freyer's like, he didn't mean to do that. He did not want to do that. He just kind of like fell into the shot and yeah. he immediately, not, not immediately actually Chimizo made him really work for that. Or uh, Zamalov really made Chimizo work for that finish. It took him forever to, to put him down, but he eventually did get the two. Um, and I think that's from that point on, there was enough action that there wasn't a need to put someone on the clock. Points were going up. But that was already just like four and a half minutes into the match, the point you're talking about. The fact that he didn't get, I, I don't even recall him getting warned in, in the first part of the match, which was annoying to me. And I, I was really annoyed when Chimizo got put on the clock because I thought he's been way more aggressive. If anyone should get put on the clock right now, it should be <clears throat> Zamalov for sure. Okay, well, we can, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I, I get your point. Um, I, I, I just didn't feel like either did enough. It was one of those matches, it's like, all right, man, 
maybe you technically did a few things a little bit more and the order would have been maybe somewhat out of whack, but I felt like neither were doing a whole lot. I thought they were both super respectful and uh, of each other's defense. And you see why with Chimizo. And then, you know, at the end, you're like, how is Zamalov going to get this? Because you don't want to shoot on this guy. And he ends up with a body lock. And it was it was a really impressive finish that I didn't think he was going to get. I thought Chimizo was going to be able to hang in that quad pod and avoid the late takedown. And he he kind of Sitikov Chimizo. Like, he got that late, I mean, last second snatched the victory and got the two off the exposure. Uh, and I, I was I was really impressed with him. I think Zamalov, I mean, he's clearly the real deal. He's really, really good. I don't know if he's better than Sitikov because I think I think what Sitikov brings but, to the table I is... I thought he kicked Sitikov's butt at, uh, at the Open, or the Russian Nationals, sorry. No. Sabalov Are you sure? beat Sitikov. Yes, because I, I, thought I, wa- I mistakenly I thought I said... That. No. Uh, I think Sabalov beat Sitikov, and then Zamalov beat Sabalov. Where are these damn brackets at? <laughs> Hold Where's on. Kozak? Is he in the chat? He will, he will national be able to confirm or deny. Brackets. 2020. Oh, okay. Where the heck do you find these brackets? Let's see. Flowwrestling.org. I think they have the Russian Nationals bracket. No, I don't. Uh, also, uh, update on what PA will do from Andy Viglione in the chat. PA will now add a super regional between regions in state basically a half state tournament which will take four from each uh for the eight man state bracket okay super regionals all right well all right hold on i, I got those you guys do right. have the brackets on here look at us let me look look at you guys okay oh it's a li- <laughs> it's a link to kozak's tweet you guys are bums I'm stealing kozak stuff <laughs> Uh okay. Dang it, you're right, Christian. Sidikov and Sabalov was round, <laughs> round one. I don't know how it's round one, but it's round one. Yeah. They're the so number one in the six in the world and they meet first round. What in the heck? It happens. Jeez. So so I, I don't know what uh I mean obviously we watched that match with you know American thoughts like what does this mean for Dake? What does this mean for Burroughs? And I don't yeah. know that 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 Zamalov is better than peak Sidikov, right? And Sidikov actually beat Zamalov in a simulation match in the last couple weeks. And I to me, just the offense that Zarbek Sidikov can generate, neutral offense, takedowns are just better than Zamalov right now. But He's the man, and he passed. He passed a big test beating, beating Chimizo. However, that's the same test that Sidikov has passed, right? And also, Sidikov has yeah. the maybe what could be viewed as the trump card right now is that he's beaten Burroughs. And so, is this just like you know a heartbreak tournament with him losing at Russian Nationals? I don't know, but Zamalov's clearly for real. He had that. The Russians have a way of having that takedown in their back pocket that they can go get when they had to get it. And he got it. And really to me, I came away like, man, if you're Frank Chimizo, you got to be able to 
it kind of showed his holes in that he has a hard time generating offense without guys coming to him. So I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for for him to win win the Olympics with that. But you know, I think he has more offense and maybe he just said, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna win this match. No one's scoring on me up two one. And maybe he'd be more assertive with the lead next time around. But it was an exciting uh finish. Yeah, you're right, Ben. The the majority <laughs> of the match was somewhat boring. But it got good. Yeah. Okay. Hey, um, uh, that was a quick Waller said that um, uh, Hidlaber's Bergie tonight, so we'll get to see where Ber uh, Bergie's at. I mean, obviously, he has been in the past. He's been very, very, very good. Last year, uh, injuries or whatever, he was not very good at all. Um, so, you know, if he's really competitive with Hayden Heidley, then it'll probably give us a good idea where he's at. I agree. Uh, Dennis Hampton, if you guys get Terry and John Smith to wrestle, can you have Benji, Ben? And Chris Pendleton wrestle on that card? No. If I'm wrestling anyone, listen, I already lost Chris Pendleton a bunch of times. I have no desire to wrestle Chris Pendleton again. Plus, he's gigantic now, so that's like a double double whammy. He's big. Listen, if, I want, if I'm going to wrestle, and why am I told you I'm going to wrestle, I'm going to start off with some easy dudes first, okay? Get my confidence up. Beat up on some bums first. Say names. Uh, but then I want yeah, other legends, bum, like. I'm not, I'm not gonna do that right now. I don't need it. You know, it's like to say if someone ranked lower than eighth in the NCA or you know, somewhere on there, right? I mean, like not they're not terrible. You know, they're good enough to people think maybe it's like competitive, but I'll beat them up. Uh, but then you know, when I get back into prime form, I'm not gonna go after Dakin Burroughs. I have no delusion that I can beat guys like that. I can't anymore. Um, and who knows if I ever could have had I stayed stayed competitive. Um, but I want guys like Ed Ruth. You know, someone like that who was a freaking legend who I enjoyed watching. Uh, he's not actively competing like a Dacre Burroughs or Taylor, uh, you know, but he's obviously still probably got some skills. Like, that's like who I would want to wrestle if if I get to that point. And there's other awesome. guys like that. I would love you know, in, the, in that category. Yeah. Bums that are not, uh, that are not Edward. No, no, no. Edward is not a bomb. I said really good legends who are not still actively competitive on the senior level. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, definitively. Okay. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm be the warm up. I'm going to beat them as a warm up. Got you know it. who I would love to? A legend of sport. Okay. You know what? Actually, my, not my, no. Effing <laughs> Wes Roberts. I can't believe I told that story. Um, Johnny oh Hendricks, gosh. but he's probably like 250 pounds. So. That is the guy that I always, <laughs> always, always, I wanted to wrestle. I wanted to compete against that guy so bad, and I never got the opportunity to. And I, and I tried really hard to do it my senior year of college, <laughs> uh, but I'm sure he's in no shape to wrestle anymore. Uh, Kale would be yeah. fun. And I, I lost 10-0 to Kale when I was a freshman in college. Kale's also gigantic. I am not, like, I am not nearly as big of a person as Kale. Like, he is a large man. I it, well, Yeah, he, he was a 197 at it, the end of his college career. You were 74. But if if we're the same size, I, I you know, he's probably still going to beat me. And now you're going to give him 25 to 30 pounds on me? Like, come on, man. Yeah. He's a. Uh, no, I'm not wrestling Kale. Better, better than just about everybody, even right now. He's better than everyone. And uh, he's like two, he's like 220. He's huge. Yeah, he's big. He's a big guy. He's still lean, though. Yeah. Okay. 
in your oh. opinion, is the uh, is the professional card model sustainable like we've been seeing since July or will funds eventually go dry? So, I mean, for us, it is uh, very sustainable. And it's sustainable because of you guys supporting the cards and that money that you're spending on your subscription is going right to pay these athletes. So, um, yeah, it's sustainable. It's been, it's been great. Um, for us, we had to kind of stretch a little bit with, as everyone has during this weird time, but man, I think it, I think it is the way forward for us. And we're, you know, we're, we have big plans for 2021 and beyond. So I think it's sustainable. Is it going to be, I don't think it'll ever be as, I don't know, maybe it could be. I don't, I think once the regular cadence of the season gets going again, I think it's going to be tough for everyone to have them as often as possible because they're going to have their, their actual NCAA seasons and then it's going to be the actual USA wrestling calendar. So I think it's, it's been, uh, wise and opportunistic like all the other cards we've seen pop up makes sense i think it will get tougher i don't know and i don't know that's necessarily for financial reasons i think it's these guys have because i don't know anything about the finance i just think from a time bandwidth standpoint i think it's going to get a lot tougher but that remains to be seen we'll we'll find out in the next year if these things continue like they have or not yes but that's just my opinion um okay is ben Askren rooting for mizzou or his native state of iowa in the music city bowl this is gonna be a tough Dude, one I, I what are you gonna I have do a funny, i have a funny story i was i was coaching youth wrestling this weekend and these these iowa people christian they're hilarious this dude literally coach because hey you were born in cedar rapids weren't you and i'm like yeah he's like I thought you were an Iowa boy. And he walked away. Tell us the whole exchange. He didn't even say, hey, what's up? Hey, my name's Bob. He said, he came up to me. You were born in Cedar Rapids, weren't you? <laughs> it was so weird. I, I, so I feel like he approached that like he could just see it. He could just see it in you. But he definitely already knew that. He just wanted to. Rub it I in. think you're an I don't Iowa. know what he's trying to I don't know what he's trying to get out of it. That was the whole conversation. It was three, it was one, two, three. That was it. And then he walked away. It was so strange. Oh man. I like that you put a certain hey. accent on someone from Iowa too. That was a nice touch. Well, was it, are you sure it was Southern? Because it was more like that old farmer. They talk a little bit slow, a little bit gruff in their voice. Maybe it's not. Maybe I needed to change my accent a little bit. But you guys know you can visualize what I'm saying, right? I can visualize it with my ears. Yes. He was old, you know, he was a little thick. You could tell he'd been on the farm a little bit in his life. Had that really Good. strong callous hands. Yeah. Okay. We gotta we gotta talk about the last question, Christian, because you know, everyone else might they might turn this off, but I'm I'm open to debating for the last eight minutes. Uh why in the first season of the wire does Omar go after Avon with the pistol when his weapon of choice is a sawed-off shotgun? Makes no sense. It was completely out of character for Omar. He shot multiple people with the shotgun, but was after the kingpin with a sissy gun. And I agree. And listen, I he, he could have killed, he could have killed Avon, and I thought they didn't do so for the sake of the show. Um, uh, Omar, Omar doesn't miss. I, I think Omar in real life would have killed Avon in that instance. 
So I think he knew he could only get so close to Avon knowing that he rolls deep. He's got protection always. And yeah, he did actually in the opening of that exchange, didn't he shoot someone with a <clears> shotgun and then go, go after Avon? I think it was, I would have to say I'm no ballistics expert, but I think he had to use the pistol cause he was far, farther away. And a, you know, a shotgun like sprays and it gets, less effective the more uh the further away you are so i felt like that's the reason he went he's used the pistols in the past he always um he keeps one in the chamber as he told brother muzone so i think i think he's more than just a shotgun artist but yeah maybe that was his chance to take him out um and he didn't do it Hmm. that was was a good question i I love the wire questions i know it applies to you know maybe um of the main people that watch only a, a couple hundred no but for those of you that watch a wire it's such it's such rich uh rich discussion i feel okay last question and we'll go from jake guarda labine um if you were allowed to use Coach one Illinois. wrestling move oh, okay if you were allowed to use only allowed to use one wrestling move and nothing else in a street fight what move would you use what would you I mean, use, I think there's only one choice here. You double him, pick him up, and slam him really hard right. on your head. There you go. You and then you can start punching him. Oh, we can punch him too. I thought we could only use one wrestling move. Well, <laughs> wrestling a punch is not a wrestling move. I guess unless you're in correct. Russia. I don't know. Uh, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> I thought we had to dis- I thought we had to disable them with one move. So I'm thinking about picking them up. And like trying to slam their head on the concrete. Um, uh, so I guess the safest then would be a body lock. Body locks always uh, pretty easy to take them down. You can pass their guard all at one time, and then you know maybe you can put put a chokehold on them, put them to sleep or something. Because I don't really want to beat someone up that bad in a street fight because I don't get in trouble. I want to like nicely just put them to sleep and be like, okay, I'm done here, and then walk away. Night night. Yeah yeah. Has anyone ever tried to fight you? No, like uh not, not really. outside of the cage uh no i don't think so this uh you know i mean there's always these dumb guys in bars this is all in college you know that uh they'll say something but there's one guy who would not stop telling me he wanted to fight me one night and but he never did anything he just would stop talking and it's like go go away like i'm not gonna fight you dang sounds like you were scared of him that's okay man Fear, fear is okay. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, hang on. Let's. You know how we were uh, okay. talking about Russian Uh-oh. fights not too long ago. There was a good one uh, this weekend, and the, the corners got involved. So I think Tyler's got it ready to play here. Let's get it. All right, here we go. Looks like a hand fight here. Very normal. You guys are thick. Jeez, beastie. It's, it's supposed to be like ninety-seven. Oh, 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 oh my god. Oh. Yeah, they're just touching each other. Hold on, you think it's done? And then someone from the corner gets involved. Yeah, now we're going. (laughs) All the corners are fighting each other. Oh, my gosh. That's a bad one. Yeah. No guns involved, but that that was violent. All right, well, Merry Christmas. (laughs) 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 The nicest season of, uh, you know, peace and love and all that. Um, Hey, we thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Very happy Merry Christmas to you guys. Um, 
tomorrow we're going to talk about what did I say? We talk about tiers. We'll get more into NCAA schedules. You guys are asking about the rest of the January 9th card. I think it's coming soon. I can't say it'll be ready tomorrow, but maybe, or not by tomorrow's showtime, but maybe later uh, tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that because we still have yet to announce and that's going to happen. Thank you guys so much for listening. See you tomorrow. Happy Tuesday.